Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we kick off a five-day spotlight. That's right. For each, starting today and for the next five days, we have a different spotlight on the music of New Orleans to get your booty geared up for Mardi Gras. Laissez le bon temps rouler. We're going to lay the bon temps on you for sure. And this particular one to start everything off spotlights one of the most cultural musical institutions of New Orleans music, and that's New Orleans piano players. Now, we're not doing this thing in any kind of chronological order because, you know, we're just wanting to show you how diverse and wonderful and groovy all these New Orleans piano players can be. So you think about cats that you may know. Dr. John, Fats Domino, Harry Connick, James Booker, and there's going to be them and a whole boatload more. So... Sit tight or go grab a hurricane, a slice of king cake, whatever you want to do. You do you. You do you, boo-boo. Because we're here to bring you some groovy music. And don't forget to check in each day as we will be dropping a new podcast spotlight on the music of New Orleans. Okay? So, with that said, let's lay some bon tom and let's get to some music.
All right. That was the great Huey Piano Smith. And Huey Smith was born in 1934. He is still kicking at 86. 86 years old. Whew. And a great pianist. Um, and you wouldn't believe it, but his style was actually, it incorporated the kind of boogie-woogie style of Pete Johnson and Albert Ammons, Mead Lux Lewis, Jelly Roll Morton, and the R&B style of Fats Domino. So, um, I, I mean, th- this guy, oh my God, this guy was a, a major inspiration to Dr. John, and that was one of what you just heard, the rockin' pneumonia and the boogie-woogie flu, uh, is one of his better-known songs. Um, a little bit about Huey Piano Smith. He um, he is from New Orleans, and he was actually influenced by Professor Longhair as well as those other players that I mentioned. Um, yeah, and he he was known for like that right-handed shuffling kind of break. He got a lot of that from Professor Longhair. Um, this guy uh, had a band, Huey Smith, had a band called Huey's Piano Smith and His Clowns, and in that band was Bobby Marchand, in case you know Bobby Marchand. He actually is the same one that uh, wrote with that band and released Don't You Just Know It and High Blood Pressure, So, which Dr. John covered later on in his career. Um, he's worked with Dave Bartholomew, who was, of course, the... Uh, producer and arranger and trumpet player in Fats Domino's band. Um, he he also is the one that came up with the song Little Chicky Wawa. And if you are familiar with clubs in New Orleans, then you know the club Little Chicky Wawa. And that club is actually named after Huey Piano Smith. So... There you go. That's a little bit of info on Huey Piano Smith for you. Before that, the one, the only, Harry Connick Jr. That's right. We heard Avalon by Harry Connick Jr. when he was just 20 years old. He wasn't even old enough to drink. But he recorded that album, and it really features some of his New Orleans piano roots. And don't forget that Harry Connick Jr., you know, not only had one, but two great piano teachers. <laughs> one was Ellis Marsalis. And, yeah, that Ellis Marsalis, you know, Wynton and Bramford's dad. Yeah. And two was the great James Booker. So I don't think you get a choice if James Booker and, and Ellis Marsalis are your piano teachers. It's like, you're going to be great. <laughs> And not to mention, I mean, you know, he, he's got a great voice. He's a great arranger. You know, he's a great actor. I mean, yeah, some people just get it. He's married to a Victoria's Secret model. I mean, you know, former Victoria's Secret model. Still, I mean, some guys just get all the breaks, you know what I mean? But we love you, Harry. And you play a hell of some piano. So, and that's what we're featuring here is a spotlight on the New Orleans piano players. And then we started off the set with Sweet Emma Barrett. That's right. You might be scratching your head going, who? What? 
Yeah, Sweet Emma Barrett was also known as the Bell Gal. She was born in 1897 and only passed away in 1983. She said that her father was a captain for the North in the Civil War. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, She began playing piano at the age of seven. In the early 20s, she joined Papacella Stan's original Tuxedo Jazz Orchestra. And in 1928, Papa Stan's band split up, and she played with uh, Bebe, Bebe, Bebe Ridgely's Tuxedo Jazz Orchestra for the next 10 years. But um, in 1961, that's what really, you know, it, it took her all the way to 1961. So think about this. She was 64 years old when she finally got noticed. And it was her recording debut with her own album on Riverside Records called New Orleans, the Living Legends series. And that finally brought her recognition. And she was basically with her Preservation Hall jazz band. That's right. You heard me correctly. I'll say it one more time. Her Preservation Hall jazz band. And she took them on tour, you know, to Disneyland in 1963, you know, I mean, and despite all this popular exposure and going overseas and playing concerts and stuff, she always preferred to stay right at home in the French Quarter in New Orleans. So she also sings, but we didn't hear a track with her singing. I mainly wanted to focus on her piano playing. And, I mean, she has played with everybody. Emmanuel Sales, um, Placide Adams, Paul Barberin, the great drummer Paul Barberin, Alvin Alcorn, Jim Rob, big Jim Robinson on the trombone. God. Louis Cottrell Jr. Oh, man, such a sweet tone on that clarinet, Louis Cottrell. Don Albert, Frog Joseph, Raymond Burke. Yeah, I mean... Mm. Man, yeah, she she's actually played with, with with a whole host of them, you know, and they used to call her the Bell Gal, and the reason they used to call her the Bell Gal is because you know she would uh, she was she would wear this red skull cap and these garters, and on these garters, you see, she would re- wear these Christmas bells that jingled in time with the music when she would stomp her foot, and um. Yeah, I mean, there's a few videos out there on YouTube if you want to check it out. But Sweet Emma Barrett starting off the whole set for us and in the right way with the Bell Gal's Careless Blues. So that kind of explains the Bell Gal thing. That's why I had to give you a little info on that. All right, so we are spotlighting New Orleans piano players. Don't go anywhere. A lot, a lot of great music coming at you. You listen to the Dodge Jazz Podcast.
this. Oh, you cannot have any discussion, show, spotlight, anything about New Orleans piano players and not have Fess represented. Of course, we're talking about Professor Longhair. Now, here's a guy. <laughs> he kept going from longer names to shorter names to even shorter names to even shorter names. Here was born Henry Roland Bird. And then he shortened that to just Roy Bird. And then he became Professor Longhair. And then he became Fess. So... <laughs> Oh, we all have to love Fest. Oh, so, okay. Of course, he is, you know, he, he was born in Bogalusa, um, but he, which is right near New Orleans, you know, and um, he has a real interesting story. So I have to tell this story because Fest is Fest, you know. Um he had he he was the one who was doing things differently at the time so he came about the same time as fats domino you know um and the thing about it is that he was essentially he was kind of like the Thelonious monk of New Orleans piano because he was too quote unquote weird you know he, people didn't get what he was doing and they wanted to hear stuff like Fats Domino and Huey Piano Smith which is great stuff too but Fess is just doing his own thing so he started out his career in New Orleans in 1948 48 and the owner of the Caledonia Club Mike Tessitore or Tessitore, he's the one that gave him the stage name Professor Longhair. And <laughs> uh, his band was Professor Longhair and the Shuffling Hungarians in 1949. Uh, and they had four songs that they recorded, uh, which includes the very first version of Mardi Gras in New Orleans, which is one of his big biggest known songs and um basically there was union problems and then throughout the 50s he recorded for atlantic records and federal records and you know he only had one commercial hit and that was bald head in 1950 and that's when he was going under the name roy bird and his blues jumpers but he also recorded uh go to the mardi gras and tipitina which he wrote, and um, that's the thing is he, he they said that he lacked this crossover appeal to white audiences because you know other uh, musicians who were kind of getting into the white audience were you know cats like Fats Domino, Alan Toussaint, you know. Now he suffered a stroke, but then he recorded in 1957. No Buts, No Maybes, which is another one of his really, really great songs. Then he re-recorded Go to the Mardi Gras in 1959. So think about that just for a, just for a second. In 1959, when Coltrane was doing Giant Steps, Miles was doing Kind of Blue. You had Ornette Coleman doing The Shape of Jazz to Come with Free Jazz. You had Brubeck doing Take Five 
all these things were happening, right, in 1959. And it was so, it's such a creative, fertile year. You had Professor Longhair re recording Go to the Mardi Gras because he figured out how to make it funkier. Go figure. Then he recorded Big Chief with Earl King, who wrote the tune, in 1964. So, but throughout, uh, after that, in the 60s, Professor Longhair's career kind of went to the tubes, you know, and, and he couldn't get a gig. So he became a janitor just to support himself and his family. And, you know, he had uh, a bad gambling habit and everything else. So he just kind of disappeared from the whole scene, you know. And basically, uh, I believe it was Quint Davis was the one that found him and was basically like, oh, my God, are you Professor Long here? We thought you were dead. He's like, no, I'm here. (laughs) So anyway, so they found Fest. They got him playing again, and he was at the 1971 New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Then he did the Montreux Jazz Festival and the Newport Jazz Festival in 73. So, and then, yeah, it just kept on going and kept on going. He was in uh, a movie, Piano Players Rarely Ever Play Together, along with Toots Washington and Alan Toussaint. And um, that was from filmmaker Stevenson Palfi. And, it, you know, it, it's a really good film. And it... It was actually recorded just right before Fest passed away. So, um, yeah. So, that that's Fest. You know what I mean? And he had that wonderful rumba thing going on. It's like rumba funk. And, you know, Dr. John even said it was Fest that put the funk into New Orleans music. You know. And... We should all be wonderful and grateful for that. So thank you, Fess. And hopefully you dug the track that we just heard, Big Chief. And then before that, John Cleary took us all to church with It's Getting Crazy Up In Here. And the thing about John Cleary is he's a wonderful, wonderful uh, vocalist and pianist. We heard him doing both on that track. But John Cleary is actually not from New Orleans. He lives there now, but he is actually from Kent, England, and he, you know, he he was around a musical family, but his uncle kept going to the States and bringing back these R&B records like Professor Longhair, and that just spurred a love of the music for him, so he learned the piano, and man, he was off and running, and as soon as he got a chance... His butt was in New Orleans, Louisiana. So there you go. Uh, Before that, we heard from Willie T and the Gators. We heard Funky, Funky Twist. And Willie T is actually Wilson Turbenton. And he's better known as Willie T. Um, He was part of the Wild Magnolias. And he wrote... A lot of music, and and he led the band, the Wild Magnolias, um, on the They Call Us Wild album. And that was kind of giving that Mardi Gras Indian funk to the world. And people love that. And then he started the Gators. And yeah, I mean, he he is one of the best 
keyboard piano players and everything and man everybody's borrowed from him you know whether it's his stuff the wild magnolias or the gators by the way the gators is spelled g-a-t-u-r-s gators <laughs> um he was in the movie ray with jamie fox about ray charles a little wayne sampled him puff daddy sampled him alex chilton um yeah Ghetto Boys. <laughs> yeah, Ghetto Boys. I forgot about them until I just read this. You know, uh, they sampled Smoke My Peace Pipe from the Wild Magnolias. So, yeah. And great organ player, great piano player. And so he's one of the ones that we are spotlighting here on the New Orleans Piano Players from the Dr. Jazz Podcast. If you're unsure about what all to look for or things that interest you, We've already taken care of that for you. All you got to do is go check out the website. That's Dr. Jazz Podcast. D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast. Dot WordPress dot com. And then don't forget, you can find our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast, and Stitcher. And please share with your friends. Comment. We'd love to hear from you. Love to get some feedback. Um, also, you can find us at, on Twitter at NDH Jazz. Love to hear from y'all. Uh, let's get to some more music. Thank you. 
this uh, this song that uh, that uh, many of you know. It's, uh, you call it Ico Ico, but uh, I call it Giacomo. Uh, uh, written by my grandfather originally, James Crawford. Called him Sugar Boy. They still call him Sugar Boy. He's still around, yeah. Uh, but the song is called Giacomo, so that's what I'm going to do for you uh, now.
Devell Crawford, grandson of Sugar Boy Crawford, composer of Giacomo or Ico Ico, whichever way you want to look at it. Great, great stuff. Not only showing us that he can play the piano as just the keys part of the piano, but he can also use it as a percussion drum as well. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of rhythm. A lot of rhythm. Um, so yeah, and killing it on the piano, just absolutely killing it. Before that, we heard the great Jelly Roll Morton with Mamanita, and that comes from his Library of Congress recordings by Alan Lomax. If you haven't heard those, oh my God, you should hear those, and it's free. You can hear those for free. Just go to the Library of Congress website and you can listen to those tracks for free. It's awesome. Um, Ferdinand Joseph Lamoth. Jelly Roll Morton. I could literally sit here and talk an hour just about Jelly Roll. But let's just put it this way. Here's a guy that said that he invented jazz and it was all due to him, <laughs> which is not true. But what is true is that Jelly Roll was the very first to put it down on paper. It was an oral art form before that that's just kind of passed down. And he was the first one to put that New Orleans, Dixieland, trad jazz, whatever you want to call it, style on paper so that it could be recreated. So he is the first arranger, and he's probably credited as the first serious jazz composer because he he wrote so many great tunes. When you think about King Porter Stomp, you think about uh, the Pearls, you think about what we just heard, Mamanita, you think about the Crave, you think about Dr. Jazz, who I'm taking my name after, you know, all these songs. Um, or by Jelly Roll Morton. And he's worked with everybody. He worked with King Oliver. He worked with uh, Sidney Bechet and so many others. But, I mean, that's the thing. He actually heard Buddy Bolden play. That's another song that he wrote. I thought I heard Buddy Bolden say. So, there you have it. Um, but what really made Jelly Roll special was that he said that all good jazz had to have that Spanish tinge to it. And he was infamous for incorporating that left-hand habanera rhythm, that boom, boom, rhythm all throughout the left hand, you know, and being very florid with his right hand. And then that eventually became... It evolved into the funk that Professor Longhair was taking and running with. So, I mean, there you go. He is integral to not only the history and evolution of New Orleans music, but 
he is, I mean, in, but in jazz. So funk, New Orleans music, jazz, all of it, it all kind of traces back to Jelly Roll Morton. So you cannot say enough about Jelly Roll. So, but Mamanita is one of the, the better habanera jazz Spanish-tinged tunes that he wrote and performed on. And, ah, uh, you just got to hear just him at the piano, which is wonderful. Um, <clears throat> and then we opened up that set with the great Ellis Marsalis. That's right, father to... Winton, Branford, Delfeo, Jason, I mean, you know, the whole Marsalis clan. And don't forget, like I said previously, he was the piano teacher for Harry Connick Jr. And Ellis Marsalis is truly an institution all unto himself. He is a wonderful educator, a fantastic jazz pianist, who's held residency until recently for, uh, God, I'd say decades now. At Snug Harbor, the premier jazz club down on Frenchman Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. So, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, have seen Ellis and um, is for real. And that track actually comes from the Marsalis family, uh, a jazz celebration. And what we heard was Sultry Serenade. So we got to hear Del Feo with... Um, with Alice there and given some of his stylings. So, all right, enough talking from me. Let's get back to some music. We are spotlighting New Orleans culture, New Orleans music in five straight podcasts. And this is the first New Orleans piano players. So let's get to some music. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Let her go, God bless her. 
Listen what I want. 
what it means to miss New Orleans by the great Toots Washington. Isadore Toots Washington was a great pianist from New Orleans. He taught himself to play the piano at the age of 10 and um, studied with Red Caillou. He uh, was a leader for many dance bands in New Orleans. Uh, when he started off his professional career, he blended these styles of ragtime, jazz, blues, boogie-woogie. And uh, even after World War II, he joined Smiley Lewis. And if you're not sure who Smiley Lewis is, I hear you knocking that song. That's Smiley Lewis. Uh a trio with Smiley Lewis and drummer Herman Seals. Uh, they recorded songs like Tina Na, The Bells Are Ringing, and Dirty People. Um, he returned, he moved away to St. Louis, but he returned to New Orleans in the 60s. Uh, and he would perform throughout the French Quarter, places like Tipitina's, you know what I mean. 
and um, for years he was the regular piano player at the piano bar at the Pontchartrain Hotel. Now, he actually avoided recording for the majority of his career. He was just mainly a live player, right? But he did release a solo piano album, The New Orleans Piano Professor, and that's where we heard that last track. And that was recorded in 1983. Now, sadly, the World's Fair came to New Orleans in 1984, and he was playing at the World's Fair, and he had a heart attack while he was playing at the World's Fair, and he died from that. So, I mean, if you're going to go out, at least he, he did it doing something that he loved to do. Before that, we heard Orlean's inspiration from the great, late great Henry Butler. And Henry Butler just passed away in 2018 uh, from, from cancer, I believe. And um, Henry Butler was blind, uh, but he was a tremendous, tremendous piano player. Uh, he studied at uh, Southern University down in Baton Rouge. And uh, he was uh, basically one of his teachers was Alvin Batiste from the great Batiste musical family. Uh, he earned a degree in Michigan State. Uh, and then he was living in the Gentilly section in New Orleans, and Katrina happened, and it, like, ruined his house. So he left for Boulder, and then Denver, and then New York. So, and that's where he stayed until he died. Now, the interesting thing, besides him being just a killer piano player, is that he never let the New Orleans spirit out of his heart, which we can hear in that recording, you know. And um, <laughs> something that's else that's really, really interesting. In 1984, he pursued photography as a hobby, even though he was blind. And his methods and photos were actually featured in an HBO documentary called Dark Light, The Art of Blind Photographers. And that aired in 2010. And his photographs were actually shown in galleries in New Orleans. So that's an interesting little factoid. Before that, we started off the set with St. James Infirmary. And that was by Billy and Dee Dee Pierce. Now they were a married musical couple. Dee Dee played the trumpet and Billy Pierce played the piano. Now her full name is Wilhelmina Madison Goodson Pierce. You go by Billy, too. So Billy was this great piano player, very unsung kind of hero, heroine, you know, piano player. And she had this mixture of barrel house, boogie-woogie, ragtime. And um, originally from Florida, she came to New Orleans in 1930. And she was already playing in bands like A.J. Perron, Alphonse Picou. If you're not sure, Alphonse Picou, he's the one that... You know, invented that little clarinet break in high society. So she was playing in his band, Emil Barnes' band, and the great George Lewis, who is almost single-handedly responsible for the Dixieland revival in the 50s. So 
her and her husband were uh, very much uh, a, a staple in you know traditional music in New Orleans. Uh, they they played with the whole Preservation Hall jazz band. They had a few records under their own name. Much like Sweet Emma Barrett, they didn't get a little recognized until later. And, um, yeah, what is it? The, um, it's blues and tonks from the Delta on Riverside. And then like what we heard, um, it's like the New Orleans living legends, Billy and Dee Dee Pierce. So these two records as part of that whole Dixieland revival that came about, you know, really helped bring these artists into the recording studio and, Thank goodness, because now we have, you know, recorded documentation of the way that they play and just how good they are. So hopefully you dug that set. We got some really, really cool things coming at you in this set. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. See, I don't want to wait in vain for you. 
All right. Ain't no use. By the meters from the 1974 album Rejuvenation. Of course, the meters are Zigaboo Modalest on the drums, George Porter Jr. slamming at bass, Leo Nocentelli on wailing guitar, and the one, the only, the late, great Papa Funk, Art Neville on the keyboards and on vocals. And I know it necessarily didn't really get to show him really jamming out. I tried to pick a track that shows the whole band just grooving. And that's probably one of my top five meters tracks right there. Um, With just tons of solo space in that track, you know. But, you know, as I was listening to it right now, I was thinking that the thing that makes Papa Funk special is not necessarily any kind of flashy solos but just the groove that he creates in every one of his, his his musical ventures, whether that's the Neville Brothers, whether that was the Meters, whether that's just kind of on his own. You know, I mean, you listen to even tracks like Chaduki Do, and that thing just grooves, baby, just grooves. And we're talking about somebody who performed for over five decades as a staple of New Orleans music. Yeah, Mardi Gras Mambo. That's another great song by the Hawkettes, which he was a part of. 1954, you know. And I mean, and he's been lucky enough to have played with Paul McCartney, Robert Palmer, Rolling Stones, you know, Lee Dorsey, the Pointer Sisters. Man, just totally, totally, totally musical. You can't say anything bad about Papa Funk. No. God rest his soul. Rest in peace, Papa Funk. Before that, we heard Tom McDermott, great piano player, with Willie Fugel's Blues. Now, the interesting thing about Tom McDermott is he is actually not from New Orleans. He's actually from St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis Moe. <laughs> Um, major, major piano player though, and he became a professional musician at 16, and he moved to New Orleans in 1984, and from that point on, he has been gigging, writing, and performing, uh, various styles within, within the, the, the instrumental styles of New Orleans. He's been playing trad jazz, Dixieland jazz, R&B, you know, he he was in the group the Dukes of Dixieland for much of the 1990s. And you know, that the, the Dukes of Dixieland is one of the most prestigious, you know, trad jazz groups in New Orleans. So, um but he is also uh if you've ever heard of the New Orleans Nightcrawlers, they are a brass band in New Orleans and they have quite a number of albums, like three or four albums. They're relatively new, but man do they groove. And they are actually th- th- their songs a lot well he he Tom McDermott co-founded the New Orleans Nightcrawlers and he is responsible for many many of the arrangements of that brass band. So here he is, a piano player, and he co-founded a brass band, and he wrote all the arrangements for them. And on top of that, he's released 17 CDs as a leader. 
and gotten plenty of wonderful you know, editorial acclaim from the New York Times, the Rolling Stone magazine, and the Los Angeles Times. So, there you go. And then, when he's not gigging in New Orleans, he's traveling to Brazil, where he is studying uh, choro music. So, yeah, he, he is a journalist. Besides being a musician and an arranger, he's a journalist who writes about music and travel, and he even has a book of limericks and drawings. So here's a guy that is just, he's a renaissance man. And he has definitely uh, been on the scene long enough to say that he is, Tom McDermott is a staple of the New Orleans, current New Orleans musical scene. So kudos, Mr. McDermott. And then we open up the set with the great Ivan Neville. Yeah, Ivan Neville is Aaron Neville's son, Papa Funk's nephew. And he is a great piano player in his own right. He is a great vocalist. Sounds nothing like his father. Actually sounds closer to his uncle. He sounds closer to Art than he does Aaron. But um, he is a great musician in his own right. And... um, He has worked with a lot, a lot of of great big names. Um, Bonnie Raitt, Don Henley, Robbie Robertson, Paula Abdul, Delbert McClinton, Spin Doctors, uh, and most notably, Keith Richards. So, there you go. And he also contributed keyboards uh, to the Rolling Stone album Dirty Work from 1986, and Voodoo Lounge from 1994. And he's also a member of Keith Richards' solo band, The Expensive Winos. Um, Yeah, but we got to hear him covering the Bob Marley classic, Waiting in Vain. And that is such a beautiful song, and a great version of it. Just very soulful. And... um, yeah, he worked with Ziggy, too, which he talked about in the beginning of that. Um, but he also has his own band. So if you want to catch more of the organ and keyboard synthesizer sounds of Ivan, you need to check out a band called Dumpsta Funk. And that's D-U-M-P-S-T-A-P-H-U-N-K. Dumpsta Funk. Yeah, and they've got a they've got a, quite a handful of CDs. I think they got about four or five CDs. So anyway, they're a funky group. They're more of a mo- more modern funky kind of group. But yeah, so Ivan Neville, Art Neville with the Meters, Papa Funk himself, Tom McDermott. Not a bad set. All right, we got about two more sets coming at you. Thank you for listening. We are spotlighting New Orleans piano players here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thank you. 
All right, that was a great John Baptiste with Kenner Boogie. You probably know John Baptiste very well from the Late Show with Stephen Colbert and his band Stay Human. Uh, John Baptiste, man, talking about you know musical royalty right here. I mean, he was born into the Baptiste family. And if you're not familiar with the Batiste family, that's Harold Batiste. That's Uncle Lionel Batiste from the Treme Brass Band. Uncle Lionel was the one that was the bass drummer. I mean, he always had the, the shades on. Everybody loves Uncle Lionel. Uncle Lionel is one of the icons of New Orleans brass band music. But John Batiste, of course, he has played with so many and recorded with so many legends in the music. Talking about Stevie Wonder, Prince, Willie Nelson, Lenny Kravitz, Ed Sheeran, Mavis Staples. Uh, I mean, he went to school at the New Orleans Center of for Creative Arts with Trombone Shorty. So, and, you know, there's a great YouTube clip out there, by the way, of Shorty coming on uh, The Late Show and playing... Um, on Your Way Down, the Alan Toussaint classic with Baptiste and Stay Human. And, you know, let's just talk about that for a quick second. Stay Human, that is a great name for a band. And in case you're not sure, like, why it's called that, is he named the band Stay Human from the belief that human interaction during a live musical performance can uplift humanity in the midst of the plug-in and just tune-out nature of modern society. And I can tell you from being a live performing musician that that's true. That's a God's honest truth. Because people like seeing people interact. Nobody just wants to see three, four, five, you know, stick figures just doing their thing. They could go put on a CD if they just wanted that. You know, background music. It's that interaction that makes it human. And, in fact, he, he actually, Baptiste takes his band and does these impromptu street performances, which he calls Love Riots, which that's, yeah, who, who can't love that, man? So, yeah, and he's a hell of a piano player, which you've got to hear just him. You know, usually you don't get to hear that with a band on The Late Show and all that, but this track, Kenner Boogie, is from his... 2018 yes 2018 album Hollywood Africans and it's just him on the piano and so you get the pure concentrated version of John Baptiste and his piano before that we heard from a ninth ward boy yeah talking about one of the fathers of rock and roll Antoine Fats Domino and we heard Walking to New Orleans. And what's great about this undubbed version, you know, is, um, which you can find on the Dave Bartholomew box set, two CD box set, is you actually get to hear those triplets in Fats Domino's piano playing. And that is a striking difference than that boom, 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 like Professor Longhair had. He had that boom, boom, to triplet, triplet. I'm walking to New Orleans. Triplet, 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 triplet. And, I mean, yeah, it's just killer, killer, killer. I mean, and it sold so many copies. 
I mean, he had 35 records in the top 40. And five of his pre-1955 records sold more than a million copies. Being certified gold. That's awesome. And, I mean, we're not talking about a flashy guy. He was very, you know, shy. He was very, you know, he just did his thing. But, man, did he have some hits. We're talking about Ain't That a Shame, Walking in New Orleans, I'm, I'm Walking, uh, oh, my God, Blueberry Hill. I mean, tons of great songs. And he was actually born and raised in New Orleans. Ninth Ward. Mm. So, and he is one of the icons, not only of music in general, not only of rock and roll, but of also all New Orleans music. So, kudos to Fats Domino. And then we open up that set with another Ninth Ward boy, talking about Eddie Bowe. Of course, his real name is Edwin Joseph Bocage, or Bocage, <clears throat> depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, he was also known as Spider Bocage, but um, he's mainly known as Eddie Bo. And here's why I kind of paired him with Fats Domino in that set is because he debuted on Ace Recording, Ace Records in 1955. But he recorded for over for more than forty different record labels, which not, besides Ace, he also recorded for Apollo Records, Arrow Records, At Last Records, Blue Jay Records, Bose Sound Records, Checker Records, Chess Records, Cinderella Records, Nola Records, Rick Records, Scram Records, Seven B Records, and Swan Records, among many others. And he is. The only, he, besides Fats Domino, he has recorded more single records than anyone else in New Orleans. Let that sink in just a second. Besides Fats Domino, he has recorded more single records than anyone else in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> and he is who we actually heard from in, to start off the set. We heard the track Having Fun in New Orleans, which is just him on the piano, which is great. Um, but he is also responsible for so many of, uh, of the, 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 the R&B soul hits of New Orleans. Check your bucket. Check Mr. Popeye. I mean, what is it? Uh, Better Take Care of Your Homework Friend. I think that was yeah, the name of that one. That's a really good one, too. Um, yeah, I mean, just so many, so many. I mean, look, if you check out an Eddie Bow record, you know it's going to be funky. There you go. Plain and simple. Done. Enough said. And if you want to know what to look for, I got you covered. Just check out the website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, dot WordPress, dot com. Also, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can also find us on Twitter at N-D-H Jazz. All right. Got one more set coming at you. It's three really good ones. 
We are spotlighting the music of New Orleans piano players here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
It's a New Orleans 
because you leave town. No, no, we've got our own special swing. It's a New Orleans thing. All right, three institutions of New Orleans piano playing. We started off that set with Papa Was a Rascal live. And that is the wonderful, the incomparable James Booker. And James Booker, uh, that was from his album Spiders on the Keys. An incredible album. Uh, James Booker I don't really even know where to begin because this is another one of those cats I could just talk about for like an hour but James Carroll Booker III uh, was born in New Orleans died in New Orleans sadly at the age of 43 but um, gave piano lessons to Harry Connick Jr. Uh, gave organ lessons taught the organ to Dr. John and Dr. John has described James Booker as, quote, the best black, gay, one-eyed, junkie piano genius New Orleans has ever produced, end quote. Flamboyant in his personality, he was also known as the Black Liberace. <laughs> um, he was highly skilled in classical music. He, he learned elements of keyboard from Toots Washington, which we heard previously, Edward Frank. He played the music of Bach, Chopin, Errol Garner, Liberace, stride piano play, Harlem stride, blues piano, gospel piano, Latin piano styles. He was all about the piano and various styles. Um, he had a couple of hits like Gonzo in 1960, um, I mean, what is it? Professor Longhair, Ray Charles were two of his important musical influences. And he got mixed up in drugs and addiction and things like that. And, of course, he was very familiar to the New Orleans law enforcement uh, due to his drug use. And so he kind of worked out, you know, a... a <laughs> A well-known relationship with the DA of New Orleans at the time, which is Harry Connick Sr., who is also occasionally his legal counsel. Uh, but he would discuss, you know, law with Booker, and he made an arrangement with him, <laughs> whereby a prison sentence could be nullified in exchange for piano lessons for his son, Harry Connick Jr. So that's how Harry Connick Jr. got piano lessons with James Booker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, James Booker just got tons of great stuff. If you want to know more about James Booker, I highly recommend you watching the documentary film by Lily Kieber, um, which is Bayou, the Bayou Maharaja. Um, it's an incredible look at James Booker and, you know, Kudos to Lily Keeper. This just recently came out. It was, uh, I want to say, 2017, 2018, when that came out. Um, it could be a little, a year or two before that. But, yeah. Anyway, it, it, 
there's plenty of interviews with Harry, with Dr. John, etc. And James Booker is it, man. In the middle of that set, we heard probably one of my favorite, I mean, top three favorite, easily, New Orleans piano tunes. And that's Tipitina by Professor Longhair, performed by Dr. John from his album Gumbo. And he gives it such a soulful treatment and god you could just you could just feel it man it's just so groovy it just it moves you and of course you know mac rack rebinac is dr john and there is no understating his influence on new orleans culture music i mean he is uh, an icon not only for the music but for the, all the culture of new orleans as well and he recently passed away along with Papa Funk, Art Neville, this past summer, and we miss him terribly. And um, But you know, as long as you talk about musicians, then they never really are gone. You know, their spirit lives on, and so does their music. So um, we love Mac, and we love all of his music. And Tipitina is a great example about how much he loved the music and culture and Professor Longhair in New Orleans. So there you have it. And then we ended the set with the great Alan Toussaint. And Alan, um, my God, th- there's not enough time to talk about all the things that he wrote, was had a hand in and everything like that. I mean, talking about somebody who is very influenced by all types of music, including Fats Domino, you know, and Huey Piano Smith and <laughs> Professor Longhair, all of them, right? But Alan Toussaint wrote Whipped Cream for Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, Java for Al Hurt, Mother-in-Law for Ernie Cato, I Like It Like That, Fortune Teller, Ride Your Pony, Get Out My Life Woman, Working in a Coal Mine for Lee Dorsey, Everything I Do Gonna Be Funky, Here Come the Girls, Yes We Can Can, Southern Nights, which was made famous by Glenn Campbell. He was also the one who was right there as a producer for Right Place, Wrong Time with Dr. John. And Lady Marmalade by Patti LaBelle. I mean, Aaron Neville, The Meters, The Rolling Stones. I mean, just he's, he's with everybody. And I don't know. He is like Mr. Everything, Alan Toussaint. And we heard him not only playing solo piano, but singing. It's a New Orleans thing. Because it is a New Orleans thing. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you dig it. Don't forget to check out the website, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. And until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now. Because in jazz, we trust.